Welcome to Success the Last, a podcast that honestly explores the complicated topic of success. I'm your host, Jared Siegel. I'm a partner at DeLap and leader of our wealth advisory practice. During each episode, we're going to talk to a business owner, entrepreneur, real estate investor, or industry thought leader about their own experiences, insights, and observations as it pertains to life, business, finances, and ultimately fulfillment. Candidly, it can be lonely at the top. Our desire is to use this podcast to connect you with the ideas and resources so you can be better equipped to make more predictable, profitable, and rewarding decisions as you juggle the competing priorities of life, business, and money. Keep in mind, this is a podcast. It's not meant to be a replacement for your CPA or financial advisor, so be sure to check with the appropriate professionals before implementing any of the ideas. Welcome back to another episode of Success That Lasts. The past few weeks have been an absolute whirlwind. There have been multiple tax deadlines, unprecedented levels of merger and acquisition activity, and then there's the looming Washington, D.C. tax proposal. That would be an incredible paradigm shift for so many of our clients. There's no shortage of work to do, and we're having an absolute blast. Thus, we're going to keep this week's episode brief. We've been fielding a question a lot in recent weeks, and it goes something like this. Is now a good time to invest? At any given moment, somebody on TV is probably providing various reasons why now is the wrong time to invest. But following the advice of an anxiety-producing headline often leads to headaches at best and significantly lowers returns at worst. Timing the market can be dangerous and stressful. With this year's strong returns, we've seen headlines such as the S&P 500 tied a bow on its seventh straight month in the green, its longest winning streak, since 2017. That headline was shortly followed by stock market pairs losses, but Dow and S&P 500 fall nearly 2%. Throughout this year, headlines have justified why folks should hold off on investing. But following that advice would have meant that those that sat on the sideline missed out on over 21% year-to-date through August for returns in the S&P 500. Sometimes it can seem like the market can't possibly be doing so well when the economy doesn't feel like it can support high returns. But the market is forward-looking. Investors are using current information to determine their expectations about the future. Whether at a new, high, or low, prices reflect the aggregate information available to all buyers and sellers. We are told that what goes up must come down, but stock prices are not dictated by those rules of gravity. Seeing highs should not necessarily lead to excitement nor dread about the future returns. Rather, as prices change, that tells us that markets are incorporating new information. History tells us there's no proven way to time the market. As illustrated from 1926 through 2020, the S&P 500 has had positive, average annualized returns over one, three, and five-year periods following both new monthly highs and any previous level. Additionally, the one-year and three-year returns for the S&P 500 are comparable after both market highs and declines. During that same 94-year time period, 30% of the monthly observations were new closing highs. Average returns were similar after new monthly closing high or any previous closing level. Over the past 10 years, investors have had to process ongoing uncertainty, including the limits of monetary policy, negative interest rates, the fate of Brexit, polarizing presidential elections, and of course a global pandemic, looking ahead. It's unclear what the next one, five, or 10 years will bring. So having a great plan and sticking to it is going to be crucial. By trying to time the market, 
Not only do you have to worry about when exactly to get out, you must also be concerned about getting back in at precisely the right moment. Being correct once is difficult, but being correct both times is even more challenging. Let's illustrate this point even more tangibly. Let's pretend you invested $1,000 in the S&P 500 on January 1st of 1990 to December 31st of 2020. That original $1,000 investment would have grown to $20,451. However, let's pretend that you missed the five best trading days over that 30-year time frame. You would have ended up with $12,917. You heard me right. If you happen to miss just five days, the best trading days over that 30-year time frame, you would have ended up with 37% less cash. Fiddling with portfolios to try to time the market often leads to pain rather than gain. Being out of the market for only a few days inherently decreases the expected returns. Not only can a timing strategy damage your portfolio, it can also lead to a more stressful investment experience. Rather than spending time and energy trying to determine the right time to get in and to get out, consider controlling what you can actually control and remain disciplined. As always, thanks for listening. Give us a like or write us a review. Maybe share this with a friend. We'll be back next week with more new content. We'll be discussing the importance of thinking about not just what you make, but what you actually get to keep. So until we do this again, be well.